Jackman Radio. So psyched to be back in the studio. It's been exactly two months to the day since we've done an episode in our studio. Well, not our, yeah, the studio, Ricky's studio at uh, Gray Manor out here in Milford. And uh, happy to be here and catching up with you guys. So, so much happens in two months. But uh, how about that dinner, though, Ricky? Yeah, it was really good. Dude. So it's it's a beautiful thing. We come out here Friday nights and um, dinner dinner is important. It's like a real. It might even be more important than the actual podcast. Yeah, it really like kind of it kind of sets the stage, <laughs> it sets the tone. And uh, the, tonight the negotiations for dinner start as early as Thursday. Uh, maybe Sometimes even earlier. earlier, maybe even yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So that's a week in advance. Exactly. I once, think I texted Ricky over the weekend about it. He's like, "Dude, I don't even know I'm having tonight." <laughs> <laughs> well, once we know that we're, it's def- a definite a go that we're, we can do Friday night here in person, that's that's when the dinner negotiations start. Like, do we want to bring something? Do we want Chinese? Do we want to be bold and? Uh, we want hot pie. Do we want a house of pizza? Yeah, Wil- Wilton House of Pizza, the, the best. W- the WAP dude. Those people are great there. They're great. Yeah, if you're in the area, shout out, shout out to them. Go, go, uh, buy their food and give them your business because they do a great job there. But tonight, Ricky was grill master, and he grilled us um, steaks, chicken, and asparagus and broccoli, and then I <laughs> um, and shrimp and shrimp. Yeah, boy, I've been on a shrimp thing this week. I've eaten so much shrimp, dude. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But we we ate like kings. We feasted. I'd, I'd say like 90% of our text chain is like pictures of food and talking about what we're going to eat for dinner. It really is. We live for it. I'm like, oh, Ricky, what are, you, what are you doing for lunch? She's like, I don't know, dude. It's like 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Chick-fil-A? He's like, I'm working today. Yeah. Because our day job work schedules are a little off. Like uh, my my day job doesn't start till 5 p.m. And you guys have regular pretty much 8, yeah. 9 Three, three days out of the week, I'm done at 4.30. Right. So... Sometimes but, um, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. and and uh, Paige requested some pad thai, so yep. we were we are our favorite spot in uh, Peterborough for one of our favorite spots, Thai Cafe. Got a nice order of pad thai, and they they are they do a good job there. Really they good. do, yeah. Chef, shout out to Chef Bank. Chef Bank, I told you, Chef Bank. We talk about you on the podcast eventually. Check them out too. They do a great job. They really, really they really thai, do. Thai Cafe is good for for being in New Hampshire, Southern yeah. New Hampshire. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good food, and and you know, Mike and I we do live we live right there. It's right in our neighborhood, so we're there every week. They know us. Yeah, I played the um, my uh, my band Northern Stone played Convell's uh, prom, which is a local high school around here, um, in Peterborough, and one of the students there recognized me. She's like, "Oh, you come? You I work at Thai Cafe." I'm like, "Oh, hey, nice to see you. How you doing?" She turns to another girl. She's like, "Yeah, this guy and his brother come in like every week." <laughs> She kind, of, she kind of dimed on us. The guy, like, the Jackmans are keeping the lights on at this place. Pretty, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I pay the electric bill over there. Paying yeah. your paycheck. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the only vegetable one of them likes in their meals is broccoli. Yeah, and, and I love it too. Chef Bank always rags on us. He's like, oh, you're getting broccoli in your, you know. Yeah. He likes to rag on us. Look, He's like, oh, that's all you're going to order? I'm eat vegetables. Like, I, I'll eat ones that I actually like, you know. Sure. I'm trying to do better with the greens, humby, asparagus. You know I love it. Broccoli. Um, I Brussels ate, sprouts. Yeah, I ate Brussels sprouts recently. Those are good. You'll eat lettuce. Yeah. Where uh, do you sh- stand on zucchini and summer squash? I like squash. Zucchini. Yeah, but you I, like it squashed. You like oh, to- I like it like Gerber baby food. Yeah. I need it to be like friggin' mashed up. And You're talking about like the yellow squash and the, and the green yeah, zucchini. Yeah, I love it steamed with some salt and pepper. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. You need it to be all stepped on like the cocaine that um that gal trafficked finds in her show. Zeller, Maria, what's her name? Oh, Mariana Van Zeller? Yeah, Van Zeller. Yeah, Van Zeller. I finally yeah. watched most of that. That coke stepped on hum. Dude, so good. She's she's amazing. She's awesome. She's the got balls on her, dude. <laughs> she's like, and now we are going. And then she's like, details every step of the way, and she's there with the guys. Mm. Like, she's like, oh, if I thought you were a fed, I'd kill you. What's more, like, if I thought you were a fed, I'd kill you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like she's like on the beach where they traffic the drugs, and yeah, it's pretty casual. Did you watch the gun trafficking one? I didn't watch. I that don't one think yet. I watched they, that. They one. followed the guns from the LAPD all the way down to the Mexican cartel. That's amazing. There's only actually I did watch that one. There's only two gun stores in all of Mexico. Right, because they get them all from the United States. Yeah, they get majority. wild. <laughs> you got a guy who pulls into like a uh, like an uh, auto body shop. He opens up his trunk and he's got pull it out yeah. all different kinds of caliber of guns. And he's like, "This is this is this one. We're gonna sell this for this." And she's there asking him, and another guy comes in with like a like a bag and just grabs him, and then that's it. That's where they go off. But that's arming the like the drug wars down there. Yeah. 
and then they're but they're but they're making the component of the drugs that then comes into the U.S. So it's like a it's like a weird cyclical. Kind yeah, of and then she followed um, those drug smugglers that get uh, fentanyl up here, uh, kind of like through Cuba. Like the waters, the guy Florida. with the gas mask who was yeah, like, "I like think in, this is in, right." When he's into Miami, or yeah, to Miami, yeah, yeah up that way. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's how a lot of the drugs get in here, and of course, other means. But a wall's not going to stop that. Well, the thing too, and I kind of, I this makes sense. But the thing that one of the smugglers said, I think it was the young gal there, the single mother who was driving in a regular van. Um, you know, they were interviewing her, then they were interviewing kind of her boss. You know, imagine writing the schedule for the drug smuggling. All right, you're going to do the 311 shift, you're doing the night shift, you're doing the morning shift. Like, I got how do you ask for time off? Yeah, on I got that? PTO next week. Yeah, yeah. Do it. I'm pregnant with my third child. Like, I'm, I might need some, um, you know, family medical leave. What's here. the healthcare Maternity like? leave. If you're in pain, they're just like, oh, we got drugs for that. Do you think yeah. they match in the 401k? Oh, I think they <laughs> more they do. Yeah, they do Profit a 402k. <laughs> Yeah. But um, one of the guys, you know, she, the journalist there, she asked one of the guys, I think, or the or the gal who was smuggling, like, you know, really, how do you get this across? And they're like, well, we we just pay off the border guards, or we get one of our guys to go through the whole process, and they become a border guard, so they're already bought by the cartels, so they're embedded. It's the same idea as um, uh, Matt Damon's character in The Departed. Yeah, exactly. You get your guy in there, man. Yep. You get a mole in there from the beginning. It's you your boy. Right. Yeah. He he wears two hats. Yep. Thinking about that is crazy though. So like the cartel has someone they probably don't have to pay him that much. No. So he gets so the, the border guard gets their salary from the day job. Yeah. And then they're getting the vig from the cartel. So they're and, and you know what the thing is, what I really like about her show is she humanizes all these people. Yeah, absolutely. Like the scammers in Jamaica, the uh, the drug smugglers, the gun smugglers, the people who yep. make the drugs, the people who are doing like the the cocaine, the stuff for the the base of the cocaine, are like farmers. They're just impoverished farmers down there. They have no other means to feed their family. Um, they have the threats and the constant fear from the cartels and the gangs and the and the authorities and all. And they're kind of caught in the crossfire of that, and and they're just trying to to survive. Well, that and like they provide protection for them too for, exactly. for their farms. Right, so they don't get fucked with. Yep. What so a life. You, so you can kind of sympathize with them. Yeah. And, you, and she usually does. And I think that's why she gets access ultimately, because yeah. she doesn't view them as monsters. She's just have an agenda. But she's having like a, very, like a very candid conversation with a guy who's like cooking fentanyl. Like she's like, you know that this is like people in America are going to take this and they're going to die. Like what you do causes people to, to lose their lives. And he's like, oh, you know, could be. You know, he's just kind of cavalier about it. And the guy who was cooking the fentanyl, I think, had a regular day job as a pharmacist or something or like a, a teacher. It's almost like she's like, oh, you're the real Walter White. Yeah. It exists, man. Pay our teachers. Pay our teachers better. Moral of the story, pay them more. Pay everybody better who's doing an above bar job. Yeah, one, one of the scammers, they're, I think they're printing fake money, counterfeit money, and they're doing it in this print shop right in the middle of the mall. Wow, really? Yeah, in the middle of the night. Was that here in America? No. Or another country. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty wild. Well, I mean, our the, the printing process here in America, how's it any different? Yeah, the inflation. I mean, yeah, well, it's just the Federal Reserve. Yeah, the, Federal, yeah, the Federal Reserve. <laughs> they do it. It's not called thievery it's, or corruption. It's, it's not called out of thin air or not backed by anything. Well, I was reading in Business Insider the other day. We're going to have one of the highest jumps in the cost of living adjustment since like 83 or something like that. It's like, really? almost, it's like almost 6% for Social Security is going up for cost of living adjustment. What are we looking at right now? $23, 24000000000000 trillion in debt right now? I so think it's more than that. It's closer to $30 yeah, trillion. It's closer to 30. In reality, it's closer mm-hmm. to 30 The inflation rate's insane right yeah. now. Yeah, it's good. It's going well. Things are going yeah. well, man. We're we're on our way to um, having we're having Zimbabwe currency almost. Blackstone's you know? buying up all the houses with the funds. You know what is Blackstone? I hear that a lot. Is that is that something connected to hedge funds or Gates yeah, like or Warren group. Buffett? It's it's a fund. Yeah. Okay, so it's a fund. And they're just buying all abandoned property as as or they can. whatever they can. Yep, they're using. And the is, fun- is it a multi-trillion-dollar fund or billion? Like in the many high M- billions. Most, yeah, most of those big funds like that are trillions of dollars. So they they so can. How, how does how does regular people how do they stand a chance against that and getting like a? Well, as reading this this morning or yesterday, Rockingham County, in New Hampshire, for the first time, had the medium house price worth over a half a million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yep. Rockingham County? Yep. Damn. And a lot of people who I've talked to in New Hampshire who are homeowners are like, yeah, we, I could sell my house right now for four, four fifty, half a million, but where do I go? Can't go anywhere. 
Yeah. You could make a nice profit, but then, yeah, where are you going to live? So well, people are doing that and they're moving back in with their parents or they're moving in a garage or a loft or, or an apartment. Yeah. A, a dude that I worked with, um, we started at my company together. And when we moved back in January from Texas, I had him over with his his wife and his newborn there and we're chit-chatting. And they bought a house over in Ipswich. Um probably three or four years ago they bought it for i think like 250 260 and he's just like yeah we're thinking about selling and like a month later he texted me he's like i sold my house i was like really he sold it for a little over 400 and made a hundred thousand on it wow they're living in an apartment until everything cools down damn the bubble is gonna burst too man eventually history it tells has, us that and there's to, no yeah. way yeah exactly it can't can't keep doing this. Well, and people trajectory. are trying to compare it to 2008, but it's not the same. 2008 was just a bunch of shady investors and bankers. And bad bad mortgages for people who had no business having a mortgage. Well, really bad. Yeah, right. A lot of them were variable rates. They're giving them to people who shouldn't have had them, giving them three or four mortgages, and then those variable rates kick in. They're like 20%, 30%, and you can't pay that. No mm-hmm. one can pay that. No. They're propped. All of them were propped up on subprime loans, and they collapsed. God. The house of cards, man. It's, it's surreal. It's absolutely surreal. Yeah. Now, gas is. I was at the gas pumps today. I noticed. I noticed the uh, the bump up, like the increase in in, in the cost of uh, gas. Same with groceries. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Cost of goods. Cost of living. I mean, yeah. It's like uh, Eric. You were talking recently, like when we first got our internet, or uh, you know, whatever that bill was. It was at like a certain amount. Now it's like, it's gone up like like. Yeah, when we it first just, first got internet, Wi-Fi, I think it was about seventy or eighty bucks a month. It's over a hundred now. Now it's creeping towards like a buck twenty, buck yeah. thir- just just for Wi-Fi. Well, a lot of them they'll Nothing give you, they'll give you like a honeymoon rate for two years, and mm. then if you're not paying attention, it goes up fifty bucks a month. Boy, it, it does go up. Holy shit, it goes up, man. It's just a meter. It's a, everything's a thirty day <laughs> meter, man. It's just yeah, that's it. You know, the rent it, rates. It's then tough. One, then one day it ends. I don't know the answer. I mean, there's. There's a lot of small businesses. This one lady, you know, she owns a restaurant. And she's saying, you know, I'd, I'd love to pay my employees $15 an hour, but I wouldn't be able to afford it. He's like, he's, she's like, I'd have to put it into my meal prices and my meal prices would go up. The consumer will pick up the tab. Yeah, so I, I don't know. A, a lot of like bigger chains are going to automation and kiosks, especially like fast food. A lot of them are staying drive through and just putting kiosks inside. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, I mean, we, we ate at Chick-fil-A. Recently, right? Yes, in so Nashua. They, yeah, they opened they opened the dining room again. So you that can was go nice. in and sit down now. Yeah, it's been open for a little while. That was nice. And the guy, the the old guy there, who's kind of the mater D at Chick Fil A. Yeah, he checked in on us a couple times. It was really nice. He was really excited to be back, dude, in that dining room. Yeah, because that, that's his job. That's his means of income. Maybe, maybe he is part, like part time or whatever. Yeah, but like, retired. That's, that's, that's gets that, him out of the house. That's that guy's job. Like, yeah, he probably there's probably parts of his life that are depending on that paycheck. And to see that go away, and all the all the other jobs that have gone away in the last year and a half, it's really I think it's it's hurt people and hurt our economy and our society in a way that we're we're not probably ever really going to be able to come back from. Well, it hurt a lot of the low wage workers. Yes, and a lot of those people realize, you know, what I don't need this bullshit. I'm going to go do something else. A lot of those people are going back to school. They're looking for something else, mm. and a lot of them aren't going back to work. No, or if you could stay on unemployment for a while, you might be able to do better than you did at that job. If you can be on it for for as long as you can. I don't know. Yeah, you hear that. People are making more. I'm getting more money to just stay at home and do nothing than I am at, at like, the job. So where's the incentive to to go back to the job, you know, and deal with all the bullshit? And, and, you know, the good thing that this has shown is that a lot of the jobs you can do remotely. Companies can be more flexible. You don't have to be as micromanaged. And I think a lot of the the corporations like to micromanage their employees. They like to just be up their ass 24-7 and, of course, get the most profit out of them. And, 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 you know, I understand that. They're trying to run a business. But it's shown that you you can still be um, productive productive at home. And, and, you know, the job I had before when I went remote, I was actually – my numbers were better at home for for the year that I was – for the almost year that I was at home, my numbers were better. Yeah, than my, they were at the office. My company had a record year last year. Right, totally remote, basically, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's like I don't know, man. And it's like, and they're trying to, you know, get everyone back into the office. And I'd say probably ninety, ninety-five percent of the people are like, "Why? Like, my work-life balance is better. I don't have to sit in traffic for an hour each way. Mm. Like, if I have something to do, I can step away from my desk for twenty minutes instead of leaving work, go and do what I have to do, come back and take PTO to do it." Right. Yeah, it's it's way more it's so much more convenient and 
Some mornings you just roll out of bed and log well, in. Especially here in New Hampshire, you don't have there, to shovel two feet of snow. Are. Get in your uh, car, heat your car up, and 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 hope hope you make it to work, and you don't black ice doesn't get you. Yeah. Or or someone you know creening into you, or you know going off the yeah, road. Lindsay Lohan's out there driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Twenty twenty one. You know, this is where we are now. Yeah. You know, it's push. okay though. We're going. We're going to see Tim Dillon. Exactly. It, on it, Thursday. A, wa- a wheel's a wheel, and a wall's a wall. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And we are we are going to see uh, one of our kings. This uh, next week in uh, Boston at the Wilbur. Yeah, yep. we're going to go. Uh, I think the Wilbur has, what, like 12, 1,300 person capacity or something like that. I'm not sure. And I think this is one of the last COVID, like, re- spaced out, regulated shows. No, no there's no more spacing. Oh, there's it's, no. It's all normal now. Full. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's no LARPing. Yeah, a lot of people have gotten rid of that. Yeah. Like yeah. concerts and stuff coming back. Yeah, yeah, Ricky, you just went to the House of Blues in Boston, what, last week or, or a couple weeks uh, ago? Yeah. To see two, a couple of your favorite bands, right? Two weeks ago. Um, there's a benefit show for a local hardcore punk band called Bane. Their bassist um, had gotten pancreatic cancer a few years back, and, th- and this band played their last show f- five years ago. Um, so they're doing a fundraiser for him to raise money for his medical bills and his family, um, and he handpicked the bands that he wanted to play, some of the bands that were most influential to him or that he'd been a part of. And it was really cool. Um, you know, it was the first show I've been to in like 16 months. Wow. But yeah, it was, it was at the House of Blues. Unfortunately, um, he didn't he didn't make it to be there at the show. Um, he passed away like a week before. Um, so all the all the money that was raised from ticket sales, um, anything the band sold, they didn't take a dime. They sent it all to his family, uh, which is really really cool. Um, and there's probably two or three thousand people there. It's packed and. It, it was just, it was so cool because, you know, it was like a normal show. Like, people were there. They were moshing, jumping around, singing along, climbing on top of people, jumping sweating up on the each stage. Other. Yeah, sweating, screaming. It was Spitting. Dude, it, it was, it was Living. like, kind of emotional, to be honest. Yeah. I'm like, because yeah. for a while, I'm like, I might never get to do this again. Like, this is, and on top of that, Bane did a reunion, surprise reunion show, um, which I didn't get to see their final show. So, I was... Like I wanted to cry. There were so many levels. I could of, cry. Of, yeah, I could cry. I could cry. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable. It was just so cool to be back there. Everything was completely normal. Um, There's no spacing. Like that's special. I understand that might give some people anxiety, but I don't know, man. Dude, we can't be in bu- the bubble. T- no more bubble wrap. Get, no, there's, we can't. You can't live your life in bubble wrap. And and that's what I was saying to like you know one of my buddies from college he's like you know because from the get-go they're like oh we gotta shut down we gotta social distance we gotta do this we gotta do that you gotta wear your mask you gotta get vaccinated it's like okay i did all this shit and then now he's like well you can't go to that that's a super spreader event i'm like listen motherfucker we just spent the last year and a half going through all these fucking hoops so we can have a yeah. normal life again yeah. you did all of them so and i did it all so what's your yeah. problem so are what you, you saying indefinitely uh, you're saying that he those type of people are saying forever you're never going to be able to do this again right and we're, we reject that yeah fuck yeah. that you yeah. can stay home and, and have yeah. your pity party i'm gonna stay, live my life stay scared in your little bubble wrap you know in your crib yeah. stay in your crib life is a series of calculated risks a wise man once said a that. A wise Mike. man told me that. Oh. He's my cousin, Marcel. Yeah, a base and a wise man. I love you, Marcel. Shout out to you. Very but wise. yeah, exactly. I mean, you leave your door, you know, even before COVID, you leave your door in the morning, man. There's a chance you could get squashed like a pancake. Yeah, fucking and car it, accident. And that, I'm not trying to minimize how bad it was and the people who got sick or who died or who have health problems or like, that's not what it's about. We People cannot be controlled. You cannot control... 300 plus million Americans. This is just in this country. I mean, I'm, I'm talking globally. Humanity cannot be corralled like cattle and controlled and told what to do indefinitely or forever. Um, you know, a year and a half is, is enough. It's enough. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Absolutely. and you make your own decisions, you go out to something like that, there's risk. There's, like I said, there's risk before COVID. Absolutely. There's risks. So... I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I can't wait to go. To, I haven't, we haven't been to a proper concert, I don't think, indoors. We did see Tim Dillon, I think, in what, April or March? Or February. February. February in, in uh, Providence. But that was spread out and everything, and that was not at capacity. Um, but Which yeah. I actually really liked. <laughs> yeah, it was, was kind of nice in that sense. Well, that's a that small sense. venue. Yeah, that was yeah, a small connection in Providence. Yeah, but no, I feel you, Ricky. When I can do another full co- uh, concert experience, 
Um, yeah, I'll feel it. will it. be emotional. Yeah, and even a, a nice uh, Bruins game because I'm I'm planning on going this fall. I definitely want to go to a, yeah. a, a Bruins. We'll definitely go. Dude, like, I don't I don't care whatever the ticket prices are. Like, no, I'll pay. I mean, if you only go once or twice a year, you you. you I'd like fu- to go to a Sox game too. Yes, we should we, go. We to a definitely Sox need game. to go to one this yeah. this uh, this season. I would love to. The last one I went to was with you, Ricky, in 2017. Yeah, yeah, we sat in the bleachers. In yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember the score things. of the game, or I don't remember right. much. It's not even about that. Just being there, getting the sausage. And it's the about beer. the seven dollar sausage and the twelve dollar warm beer. Absolutely, you know. But yeah, I feel that. I mean, Mike and I have tickets to see Justin Hayward, the lead singer of the Moody Blues, is playing at City Winery in Boston in the fall time, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm not afraid. I, you know, I, I just the, the fear thing, man. Once you don't give into the fear and and have that become part of your pathology, then you're just you're back to living, man. You know. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, my company, they're doing, like, you can volunteer you can volunteer to go back in for a couple weeks, and then they're, like, doing rotations. And my manager is in there now um, at our office in Texas, and he, uh, he went around and he, like, took pictures of, like, the office and how they yeah. changed everything, and he put together a slideshow okay. and shared it with the entire team. And we're okay. just like, oh, yeah, they did this. Like, there's more air. There's more space. Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, I messaged one of my team. I'm like, these people don't get it. Like, we don't want to go back to the office because we're scared of COVID. We don't want to go back because we've been spoiled these last 18 months where we can work from home and our work-life balance is infinitely better. So much better. So much better. And they're just completely missing the mark, I think. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go back because I, I don't want to, I don't want to wear a chin diaper during my day. Um, yeah. Like you said, there's just such a, there's a convenience now with having it all based out of your home and not having to drive. And um, it, it's, uh, you spend a lot of, of your week putting forth energy and inertia just go, coming and going to your job and yeah. supporting it, supporting just the travel to your job. And cutting that out of the equation is, uh, is a ga- has been a game changer. Sure. And it took, it took some getting used to, man. It was really weird. It was really weird uh, from the first, get-go for yeah. everybody. But we're creatures that adapt and uh, I think we all adapted and um, yeah, you just, you get a lot of time back during your week and our life's on a meter, man. So anywhere where we can pick up some, uh, some gains and have, um, have more time to do things we want to do and see people we want to do the better, you know? Yeah. And now, now that like shows and stuff and concerts are coming back. I think I have tickets to like seven or eight shows oh, between dude. now and the end of the year. Dude, like just fucking buying tickets to everything. Hell yes. I, yeah. I might even want to get to go to half of them, but <laughs> like, whatever. I'm supporting them at I'm the gonna, end of the day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. And and we're, Mike and I are ready to you know start buying tickets. And um, John Mayer's new album came out today, man. Sawbrock. I'm absolutely enamored by it. I'm I'm loving it already. And he announced a solo tour for to support the album. And he's coming to uh, the Garden in March of 2022, and I'm so there. My cousin Jen, who's coming to Tim Dillon with us on Thursday, she's um, signed up for pre-sale. So nice. She's gonna keep her eyes on that. And Wallflower, go- Wallflowers just put out a new record, first one in like since 2012. I yeah, think. The, right. The Wallflowers, right? Jacob Dillon, you were saying you just listened to him on Rogan. Yeah. I, I caught some clips of that. That that's that seems pretty interesting to talk to Jacob Dillon. Yeah. At, at first, he kind of comes off as. No, I, I don't want to say like arrogant, but a little Maybe standoffish. A little yeah, he, he's just every opinion has to be different than what Joe's saying, kind yeah, of. It's gonna um, but contrarian. Yeah, definitely contrarian. But it it got really good. They kind of went into like the music business and stuff, and um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I caught one of the clips. He was uh, he was kind of saying like, no, my experience with the uh, labels has actually been really good. Yeah, really they, good. They've been my champions. Yep. And um, I don't know if he re- – I didn't watch all of it, but did he, I don't know if he relayed um, a story I heard that he submitted his music back in the day without his real name on it just to see if he could get signed or what, what they actually thought about it. And he was able to obtain a record contract without people being like, oh, that's Bob Dylan's son. Did he talk yeah. about that at all? No, he didn't mention that, but I've, I've heard that story. John Lennon's older son Julian did the same thing in the 80s um, yeah. before he released Valette, which is what his Saltwater and Valette was his debut album in 1984. And he was like, well, I'm John Lennon's son, so of course I have this pressure on me. I ha- Even if I do have talent. Expectation. He put he put some stuff forward and some demos without his name attached to it, and um, that he was able to, same same thing, like get signed. Yeah. Even though he sounds, 
yeah, sounds it's kind of like John Lennon man, when you hear Julian sing. But he has that talent. Mm-hmm. I, that might be inherited. I don't know. I mean, maybe because he grew up around it or he inherited it. But yeah, I think if, automatically if you're the offspring of somebody super talented and super famous, you're born in that bubble where you have that kind of expectation and you have that like, you know, oh, he didn't really work for it. Whereas, you know, Jacob Dylan, man, the guy's very talented. Yep. Wallflower is one of the biggest bands of the 90s. Yeah, Bringing Down the Horse. Classic. Yeah. Iconic hum. When you think Three. 90s, that's one of the albums. I have it on CD right there. Yep. Dude, One Headlight is life. Yeah. I'd love to see the Wallflowers. We've never been able to see them and make it work. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be a good show. And they're playing with Matchbox 20. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah this summer, I think they they had to reschedule some dates. Yeah, I still haven't seen Matchbox 20. Again, they're another- supposed to be playing in Connecticut tonight. The is original that tonight? tour. It was supposed to be, but it got rescheduled. Oh. Yeah, I know uh, Weezer is playing at uh, Foxwoods. I told Ricky about that. I'm like, Ricky, we going to see Weezer? He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just saying, dude. You just that, not want to deal with Foxwoods? Yeah, we're buying or so many tickets to stuff, you know. This, well, if one, Foxwoods is tickets. super far away. Yeah, lend your Connecticut. It's not, not down the street. It's like two and a half hours, and then I'm going to a concert with Strasser and Andy that Tuesday, and then that Thursday through Sunday I'm gone. So that's, so that's a yeah. lot. It's not. It's that's not. I'm gonna be man. gone a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's too much. Have you seen Weezer? Yes. Oh, that's right. You saw them in Texas. Alex Perkins hooked me up. Uh, Shout out. You got like good seats or backstage passes for that, right? Yeah, he was. I uh, was when we lived in Texas the first time. He was working for Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, and it was them, uh, Panic at the Disco, and Weezer. There might have been another band. I don't remember, but it was 2015, I think. Um, they're coming through Dallas and I texted Alex I was like hey I see you're coming through you know if you need a place to stay or whatever you know you know, stop like we have plenty of room he's like no I'm good but you want to come to the concert and I was like yeah sure and I was like you know I'm, I'm living here with my wife and she's like yeah he's like I'll leave you two tickets I'm like yeah cool like thank you so much and then um, you know hopefully get together after and we, we got there went to Will Calls under our name and it was like two rows behind the barrier ridiculous yeah like first like, first 10 rows so you have like the pit and then like you have like the barrier and then the seat start it was like two rows in it's awesome so mint seats basically some of the best seats in the house yeah so and then um andrew McMahon, the wilderness played panic of the disco played um and i texted him i was like hey you know i'm gonna be able to see you and he's like yeah i'm just loading up the truck and he came and got us and it's probably like a couple songs into weezer and he's like do you guys want to go down into the pit i'm like yeah sure so he grabbed us took his flash his credentials we went in we watched weezer from like i don't know 10 feet away that's so cool it's fucking so good that's awesome man oh man that's incredible yeah shout out to alex alex was uh, an early guest on jackman Radio. one of our first guests back in 2015, yeah, 2015. Or early 2016 we had alex on and awesome yeah. guy oh, oh he's the best talented man. dude humble down to earth ne- never forgot his roots or ne- never acted like he was better than anybody or or uh yeah fun fun guy yeah, great, great guy. <laughs> anytime he'd come through town with whoever he was working for, I'd usually meet up with him. I met up with him in Boston once. Um, he's with Emeroso, and they're supporting August Burns Red. And, and, and his bands. photography is amazing. Yeah, I bought a couple God, of his prints. So I got them upstairs in our dining room. Yeah, the dude, the Beautiful. dude's an amazing photographer. What is it, alexanderkane.com or Alexander Kane Perkins like Alexander photography? Kane photography. Yeah. Check but him out. He's very talented. I think he only did a limited run of prints, though. Um, so It's funny because, like... Because they, they came packaged in this nice cardboard, and he wrote me this, like, really long, like, letter on it. So I kept the cardboard, too. Personalized inscription. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he does, he does a lot with uh, motorcycles, too. He, like, I think he builds or, or restores uh, motorcycles. He's got, like, a little shop down there in uh, Nashville or something. Yeah, I think he does a couple different things. Yeah, t- very talented, talented dude. Another talented man to come out of Conan High School. You know, they say that, uh, I don't know what they say about Conan, but uh, it's not usually good. <laughs> But there were plenty of talented people who came out of Conan High School. Um, speaking of music, uh, I don't know if you've touched on this, but John Mayer's new album came out, Saw Brock. I did. Yeah, I mentioned it that uh, we, I'm going to keep Jen, my cousin Jen's keeping her eye on tickets for presale. But uh, yeah, I've been playing the new album all day. Uh, when it dropped at midnight, I, I had it going on YouTube, and I'm impressed, man. He's It's a love letter to Yacht, to er, Clapton, the 80s Clapton, some George Harrison. I, I'm not as – I mean, I don't know Mayer. I mean, I like John Mayer. I'm not as into him as you are, but I really enjoyed um, Shouldn't Matter, But It Does, uh, Why You No Love Me, and the, Wild Blue is a very Yacht track Wild on the Blue new one. Wild Blue is the most Yacht on the whole thing. Yeah, and All I Want Is To Be With You is another good one. Yeah. So I, I listened to most of it today, and I was very impressed. Why You No Love Me is my favorite song on the album. It's 
It's great guitar work. Gives me chills, man. It's a beautiful song, and it's just classic Mary. It, ple it pleads with you, Mike. It really pleads with you, and you know that like his actions led up to her leaving him. Or well, I mean, there's probably like a, a Spotify playlist worth of songs about how shitty he is by like Taylor <laughs> Swift and other artists. Yeah, it's like people who've written about like you know relationships they've had with sure. him and. Yeah, he was younger. He's grown up. He's owned yeah. it. He's matured. He's in his forties now. You know, we're allowed. We make mistakes. We're allowed to make mistakes. John Mayer could make a mistake. Okay. Yeah, he's like George Bush. He made a mistake. Okay. We're, we're allowed to make, but they said there were weapons and there weren't none. They knew that and they lied. They lied. Oh, Dude, the king's been busy. It always goes comes back to the king. Donald John Trump. <laughs> he's been he's been busy lately. <laughs> Have you been following anything that he's been doing, Ricky, or any of the events or or? Uh, I'd, Have you seen he, the devil's been busy in your backyard, you know? I knew that he was doing rallies because I was down in Florida about uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago maybe. And um, um, someone had mentioned that he's doing a rally there the next day, the, that the day after I left. Yeah, I think he <laughs> like had Sarasota like, or something. Yeah, you you would you you were probably in state for what like ten hours, or you just did a quick. You went to pick up a truck or something, right? Or yeah, a car I picked or? up a car. I'd, yeah, I flew in, stayed over, and left early in the morning. Did you get any good feasts on the way? Oh, yeah. Bojangles. So good. That's a southern fast food place, southern right? Southern fast food. It's fried chicken, but their breakfast sandwiches are phenomenal, too. Wow. And their sweet tea. Highly recommend. What is that, like the Carolinas or Arkansas or Alabama? or like what? Carolinas, yeah. More of a I, think, I think I might be able to find them all up into Virginia, too. But I remember when we went to uh, Myrtle Beach for spring break for college golf one year, I got all the guys on the team hooked on Bojangles and made them all go. I'm like, you guys got to check this out. Because a dude on the team was from North Carolina, and I was, I was expressing my love for Bojangles to him. He's like, dude, we got to take everyone there. Did they fall in love? They love yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I posted something on Instagram when I got it, and a bunch of people that I played college golf with a message, like, oh, I miss this. It's so good. Best sweet tea. <laughs> it's unique to the South. You're not going to find one in, like, Massachusetts. No, 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 no. And, and that's kind of a, like Chick-fil-A. I don't, I, don't I don't know when Chick-fil-A came to New England, but I think it's fairly recent, probably the last five, ten years. Um, the first time I ever really heard of Chick-fil-A is when I was down in uh, Florida with my uncle. And he took my brother and I to Chick-fil-A. This is 2006. I'd never been there before. I'd never heard of it. He was like, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is so good. They got the best chicken sandwiches. And we went while we were down there. And then we got to the airport to fly back from Florida to uh, Boston. And he's like, what do you think? You guys want to get some Chick-fil-A? And we're like, oh, we might. I don't know, man. We're kind of cutting it close with the flight. And it's like, no, no, we got time. We can get some Chick-fil-A. And uh, we went and got the Chick-fil-A. We actually missed our flight back to uh, <laughs> Boston. He's like, oh, Tony's going to be so pissed. Well, if you're ever in, back in Florida for whatever reason or in that in that southern area, there's another chain called PDQ Chicken. It's called um, People Dedicated to Quality. Blows Chick Fil A out of the water. Their tenders, bold, un unbelievable. Bold Their statement. sandwiches too. Their sandwiches, everything's just bold so good. statement. Yeah, shots fired. Hum yeah, and, I'm, gonna, and I'm, I'm gonna go on the record and say that Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick Fil A's. Whoa! Wow. The spicy or the regular? You're just saying all together. All around. Um, the regular one. Yeah. So okay. I, I love I I like Chick Fil A spicy. Number two, Deluxe. It's really good. Well, I think that'll have to be some kind of Jackman Radio special where we'll get the sandwiches and we'll do a comparison. And yeah. We'll create some content around that. We should podcast from Chick-fil-A. I, I, there was some article about how, it's, I don't know if it's Notre Dame or some school. They're trying, there's Notre like a, Dame, yeah. Some people who are like, we don't want Chick-fil-A here. You know, it's like, I don't know, what, 20 people. Everyone do, else is like, give me the chicken. Do you, do you know who's um, supporting them in that endeavor? Ted is Nugent. Lindsey Graham. I love chicken. <laughs> There's other, there's other things for chicken. Yeah. Little young, little chicken, little boy, little chicken boy. I saw. I read that today. <laughs> so he's standing with Notre Dame hum to preserve. No, no he's he's standing with Chick Fil A. Oh, okay, to keep him at Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay, what do you think about the whole controversy? Well, I mean, if I was out of the closet, they wouldn't like me, but I'm in it, so I'm just fine. <laughs> I'm gonna have those chicken. I'm gonna eat those chicken sandwiches like in the closet. Chick Fil A sauce and put it on a leather whip. Oh my God! And smack that male prostitute right in his buttocks. Oh my! He's got that little buttocks. I pretend I pretend it's that buttery hum. roll from Chick Fil A, and I put the sauce on. Hum. Buttocks. What is it, Mike? Right in his buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we trolled Lindsey Graham. Yeah, he was fun. He was he, the, he was one of the most fun candidates from the 2016, really ever. That's ever. Yeah, he was a lot he, of fun. He did a lot of events up here. Mm -hmm. Um. 
you know, I don't know what's his voting rights. Uh, what's his voting record with respect to gay marriage and gay rights? He's been rights? pretty hostile. Has he been bad? Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, probably. Which, which is ironic. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is ironic. That was what was that documentary? Outrage or out uh, that came out oh, some, yeah. several years? They featured uh, Larry Craig. Who said he had a wide stance, but he was in an airport bathroom, like b- basically trolling for dropping um, those signals. Yeah, looking for you know, looking for hand relief. <laughs> I feel like that's more common than not in that party. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh. They're, they're like they're so repressed. What they're usually CPAC? projecting. It's uh, like oh, it's some so much projection. Oh, seriously, CPAC 2016. They they crash grinder servers. Seriously, <laughs> they seriously crash the servers. <laughs> that's a true story. You can Google that. That that. How fucking incredible is they that? They crashed the servers for, for Grinder specifically, Eric. Like, dude, CPAC's coming to town. Oh boy, Grinder's gonna crash. That must be one of Lindsay's best weekends. That's a fun time. <laughs> we get together. We have. We do a little veteran salute. We do assless chaps in the oh, saloon. Oh my god, we have a good time with we that. Seven gun salute. Oh, I yeah. get together with Bonnie Frank, and we have bipartisan bisexual fun. <laughs> You're like, Lindsay, come out of the closet. When you do Trump, you have a whole yeah. Trump bit about Lindsay Graham. Come on out, Lindsay. Because he, totally he started fine. out calling Trump like a psychopath and not fit to be president. Then he bought him for him not long after that. He got in there. Yeah. He he went all in for the king. He totally did. Oh, that's incredible. But yeah, so Trump did the big rally in Florida. I think there was like 20,000 people. People camping out. You know, people, who, stock, Mike. people who still believe he's like president. Like that's a... That's a big thing. That's a subculture. He'll, he'll be reinstated. Mike Lindell tells me he'll be reinstated in like a couple of weeks in August. I don't think Biden's had that many people like collectively at all of his rallies. No, 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 no crowds. But crowds, Mike, we had a crowd for our live show last week. We had more people than we thought. Yeah, we did uh, Jackman Radio Live from the Legion will be coming out. It's going to be our upcoming special. Um, it's our first special since 2018 and we're very excited we had a great film crew come up from, uh, you know, Philadelphia and New York City. We had a professional sound guy, you know, three-camera shoot. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. And um, Ricky was talking about being surprised uh, by Bane reuniting and playing that surprise set. Um, and they're not being surprises anymore. I got a great surprise, a magical surprise. Um, my brother was part of this, some of my coworkers. My friend Alicia surprised me and flew up from Virginia to be at the show and come out. And you guys, man, you guys played me. You had me going. I, I you know, she was telling me, hey, good luck tonight. I hope you have a great show. Yeah, she bought, she Venmoed you a drink She Venmoed me money for a drink and said, your first drink's on me. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. And uh, I was kind of in the backstage area before the show and you came back there. You're like, hey, hey, Eric, uh, someone wants to see you and say hi to you. And there she was. And it was... Uh, it was a, I was legitimately speechless and surprised. I, I said, "This is proof that conspiracies can ha- do happen." Yeah, <laughs> they do. Oh, someone would have talked. Somebody would have talked. Yeah, and this is just about surprising someone at a show. I mean, when you're involved in like killing a president or plotting a false flag terror attack, you're definitely not going to talk about that. No. Oh, yeah. You yeah. want to end up good and dead? Yeah. Like the president of Haiti. Oh God! Dude, he got turned into fucking Swiss cheese. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, they rolled up. I haven't yeah. even... Was that like a DEA thing or like... I, a... I think they're saying some of those people had ties to U.S. military at one point. Yeah. A few have of those you, people. Have you looked into it, Mike? I honestly have I not done any... I haven't looked into it that much. They had like work. 17 people arrested or something wow. crazy like that. right. Supposedly the president of Haiti, I mean, there's footage of this walking around the last year and a half, not wearing a mask, greeting people, no security. He had, he didn't, he either really had really lax security or he didn't really have any security. He's, or they didn't have guns. He was the people's president. You Jeez, know? yeah, apparently. Yeah, Haiti just can't catch a fucking break, man. No, Jesus. whether it's the Clintons or earthquakes. Mother Nature. Or yeah. Assassins. Assassins. Yeah. Hillary says it takes a village and she should know she's taken many in Haiti. That was one of his greatest lines, Mike, at the Al Smith dinner. Yeah, I haven't looked into that too much. But it was, you know, it was nice to be surprised, bottom line. And, that was a and, lot of fun. We had a very diverse crowd come out for our show. Um, and people, you know, some people who hadn't been to a live event since since before the whole pandemic. Right. And uh, it was fun. It shows me that people are hungry for that, man. People want that. They want, you know, raw uh, truth and honesty and... and uh, yeah, it's not for everyone, but, you know, people want to hear. Yeah, I mean, we were pretty real up there, man. Basically, we wanted it to just be like what we're doing here in studio, just the three of us, but in front of a, an audience. And we had, what do we have, 40 people? Yeah, we had about 40 people, which is more than we thought we were going to get. And we did 90 minutes. And we're going to actually, this weekend, we're working with uh, our friend Todd. Shout out to you, Todd, if you're listening. 
uh, yep. from Unison Productions. Very talented filmmaker and, you know, uh, director of photography, cinematographer, editor, just rock just all around a great guy. Great guy, rock star. We've worked with them both. This is our second time working with them. And um, we're going to watch a cut tomorrow and, and make some notes and figure out, you to know, we, we want to pare it down from 90 minutes to like to a tight to hour, a digestible like hour and get that out there. We'll be able to clip it. We did a lot of impressions. We told some stories, uh, covered some news events and uh, just kind of let it rip yeah. for 90 minutes. It was fun. And I can't wait to I want I, I want this to be our live format for this and I want to do it again. So. We will go, you know, anywhere. Yeah, that, that I was telling my friend today, you know, what's your goal of this special? And I said, well, other than to have like a real high quality representation of what we do, um, I want to have something to send to venues that want to have stuff like this, not just in New England, but around the country. Anywhere. Anywhere. And with things c coming back and opening up again, you know, there's, there's going to be a need for performers and this kind of stuff. So, and, and obviously we're very much influenced by Tony uh, Hinchcliffe and, yeah, and Kill Tony, Kill Tony and, and Tim Dillon of and course. Tim Dillon and, and, you know, we've been doing this show since 2015, but the idea of doing it live kind of unscripted, knowing loosely what you want to talk about where anything can happen. I mean, we had people in the audience yelling shit at us. We had, <laughs> we had some good back and forth. We had some yeah. good back and forth. Yeah. We had um, my friend Phil Payne showed, shout out to him. Um, I put out a thing on Facebook. We needed someone to run the door. Phil answered the call. He said, I'll run the door. And then we got to talking. And it's like, dude, why don't you MC and introduce Mike and I? And he did. And I went to Franklin Pierce with Phil. He's a native son of Connecticut, you know? He's a cosmic veteran rocker. Yeah. He's, he's, we, we align a lot of things. He's not of this, not necessarily of this uh, galaxy. Yeah. He's, he's made up of this uh, cosmic material. He's extraterrestrial. He is. But uh, yeah, he introed us and then during the show was bringing us up drinks and we had other people bringing us drinks our mom was there it's great to have carol there you know some back and forth banter with your mom yeah and, and when you think about you know the success of it you have comedians who travel around some are bigger than others some may be smaller and they're going to you know little venues like showcase theater or whatever it may be and they have like 100 150 people there you gotta think like they have like marketing team they have managers they're doing all this where you know, you guys are local guys. Um, there's an unfortunate venue change at the last second. We're coming out of a pandemic, and you still have that many people show up. Like, that's pretty damn encouraging in, in like, some small town in New Hampshire. It was. Exactly, Ricky. It felt really good, man. Yeah, good that's point. great. Good point. Thanks. Yeah, it was uh, It was great to be up there in front of people. And um, the set we had built might kind of ad hoc. Talk a little bit about that. Well, we had, we had Dick, we had... Uh, we had a little glory. We had the American flag backing us first and foremost. It was as a hate symbol. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Flags. That's yeah. A, that's we've talk, I've talked about flags ad nauseum the last month, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, you know what the best flag is? Yeah. The, is a blood for blood positive flag here in the studio the that Ricky has. I have gotten things. more messages. More comments about Dude, that. They're like more positive comments about this. They're like the hell like a, with the hell with your show. I don't even listen to your show. It's tell like me, a Boston hardcore. Tell me group. about your blood for blood flag and who has that and why you have it. I yeah. go, well. A fine gentleman with great taste has the flag, okay? But uh, if it makes me look good, I'll say it's my flag, okay, quite frankly. <laughs> like our promotional stuff, which has the blood for blood flag turn up, man. People have responded to that. Yeah. Like all kinds of people. Yeah, so we want to talk about flags, Mike. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good flag. No, we had the American flag. We're all well, Americans. Of course. Well, the, the American flag doesn't belong to one ideology or one party. Or group of people. Or one group of people, okay? It belongs to all of us. So we had we had a little American flag up there. We also had a nice framed photo of uh, President Donald J. Trump. We had a framed photo of uh, uh, the Russian uh, Federation President Vladimir Putin. And we had a nice photo of Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Three of the finest living leaders. Three of and the greatest. among them, the next governor of California. Oh, I'm hearing rumors of her pausing the campaign. Oh, really? There's, there's murmurs out there. I got a handbag coming out. I have to promote at a shopping. <laughs> I can't be on the campaign. But, it, you know, part of why I wanted that imagery was just to get people's reaction and their response and kind of like, what the hell is this all about? Well, it's the zeitgeist. It's yeah. the sign of the times. It's, it is. It is. It exists, and it is out there, and it's beamed into homes every single night ad nauseum. Like, we see Putin's skull. We see Jenner's skull. We see Trump's skull every night. Right. So And it's weaponized. Yeah. The powers that be use them for right. to they their ends. They want you to hate it. They want, you to, they want these people to want a lot of reaction. Want, exactly. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a little bit it's political pop art in some ways, um, and it's not us trying to love or hate, you know, 
quote unquote sides or cult of personality, but this is just the reality. It's kind of, of holding our, a mirror up to it, is how I felt. This is our world now. Yeah. So we should talk about it. Yeah. You know? And we I think basically, uh, Ricky, during it we all we pretty much endorsed Caitlin for governor. Yeah. Like as soon as I can, I'm sending her five hundred. She has a hundred million dollars. She needs my money. Yeah. She needs yeah, my I'm money cool for that. sure. Every little we, bit helps. We need her. We need her out there. Oh, I gotta get a pair of pumps. I gotta get running sneakers for the decathlon that I'm doing, and you know, she's uh, everything. Mocha lattes aren't cheap, Sean. She's everything, Mike. They're not cheap. I love Caitlyn. I can't stand to look at the. Used to watch her show. <laughs> Surprise! Eric yeah. was a huge fan. Yeah, of, of yeah. Uh, we had Patty on the podcast. I would go over to Patty's house in Keene. We'd hang out, drink some beers, whatever, and you know, we're we're, we're good friends with his wife, Marissa. And Marissa and I would end up hanging out and chatting, and then we would end up watching I Am Kate together. Yeah, yeah. Patty well, and I are down in the basement listening to rock and roll, drinking beers, and we're like, where's Eric? He's he's upstairs watching I Am Kate yeah. with Patty's wife. Yeah. Unironically. Into we, it. Like We definitely watched a couple episodes in my basement. We, and Ricky we watched it too. too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was during that. Uh, Ricky's like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, dude, I Am Kate. <laughs> yeah. You don't watch this? It was like the first few episodes when it first came out. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. When you were up there... In the 1976 Olympics, and you were running and competing and giving it your all, how were you feeling? What 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 emotions and thoughts were you feeling? What was going through your mind? Scared, confused, sad, isolated, angry. This is everything. Caitlin's third act is everything. I yeah. know we've, we've talked about it before, but yeah. we love Caitlin. Yeah, I'm here for it. Look, I made the point out of all those people, she's my favorite. She's my favorite. She's the most interesting, the most intelligent. I happen to believe the, the best looking. Oh, best looking, best out legs, of, out of all best of them. personality. I'm into it. Sean, my mother's watching. She's a World War II veteran. She's 147. <laughs> she loaded up the bombs. Esther. She gave the Enola Gay a blowjob, and she <laughs> wants you to say hi, Sean. My, my mother, Esther. Hanley was, uh, Hanley was lactating. He, 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 he he's intoxicated over, by he Caitlin. He swooned over Caitlin. Oh. He swooned. And now, dude, now speaking of like Fox News ghouls, Bill O'Reilly's going on tour with Donald Trump, dude. It's everything. It's called the History Tour. How's he like coming back? Did he get canceled? He paid out like $40 million. Or not. That's, he, that's I think, it? Fox yeah, did. Fox paid out $40 million. <laughs> He's a disgusting pig. You know, Trump's a disgusting pig. They're going on the road together. It will sell. Oh. We've already sold $7 million in tickets. Excuse me. $7 million in revenue with no advertising. It's coming to a theater near you and only... Texas and Florida, because quite frankly, we can't go anywhere else. Uh, Mike, what, how much for VIP photo op with the king? VIP photo op is eight thousand five hundred dollars for a forty-five minute <laughs> private reception with the king and O'Reilly. And you get a picture with him? Yeah. And tickets t- tickets are a hundred to two hundred dollars just to get into this thing, and it's a conversation between Trump and O'Reilly. Um, and the political released an article saying tickets are not selling well, but when the Clintons did a similar thing, tickets didn't actually sell that well, Yeah, but they got, they got better, you know, they were doing, paying to go see these political assholes. Right. It's just another way to raise money. It's another way for Trump to get money out of his supporters. It's just going to be a pandering echo chamber anyway. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I, I, if anything, would just want to go for the ghoul factor and the entertainment. Exactly. Because it would be, because we had the, we had the ability to go obviously without paying money to his rallies. And that's the thing. That's why they're saying it's not selling so well, because why would you pay $100 when you could just go see him for free? Yeah, you, and you tailgate for the day, and, you know, all all the every all the characters are there. It's the carnival. And I might, all the greatest hits. I might even be dressed like him, you know? Exactly, exactly. It's everything. So it's in December, so there's still time. They, they just literally, I think, started tickets went on sale in the last, like, week, couple weeks. All right, so. listeners. Well, if you're listening and, and you want to send the three of us there, let's do a GoFundMe for thirty grand. we will get the photo op. We'll hang out with Trump <laughs> and uh, Bill, o, Bill O'Leary for... 45 minutes and get pictures and, uh, you know, invite them on the podcast. So just throwing that out there. Back in the day, O'Reilly was a pretty legitimate journalist before he did all the, you know, trashy daytime stuff before Fox. Um, He was investigating Lee Harvey Oswald's handler, George DeMornschild, back in the 70s when he was going to testify to the House Select Committee in 1978. And he had an interview scheduled with him. And O'Reilly lied about this. I mean, you can you can check this. O'Reilly was like, I went to go, uh, you know, see him interview him, and I knocked on the door. I heard the gunshot go off when he shot himself. And that that's actually not true. But O'Reilly did some interesting JFK research and investigation before he became a multi-multi-millionaire sellout shill for Fox and big corporate media. Rupert Murdoch. Is as often yeah. the case. Hey, man, you wave uh, millions of dollars at me, you know. You might get up there and squeeze your titties and shake your ass. <laughs> 
with a my pillow. It's just so good, you know. But with a my pillow. Yeah, the show the show went really well, and we'll put that out there, guys, and we'll you know obviously keep you updated. That on, should be out hopefully by the end of the month or early August, I yeah. would say. How yeah. will the listeners be able to listen to it? So we're going to have it here on Jackman Radio on the Podbean and Spotify in the audio version, and you'll be able to watch it on YouTube. And uh, we just encourage everyone to share it and get it out there. And, you know, anybody who's anywhere you are. I mean, I looked at some of the, the um, metrics. We have listeners in Thailand. We have listeners in England. Yeah. Uh, all over the country. So if you've got a local venue or you know someone who has a club or whatever and they wanna, they're interested in a show like this, show them the show. Uh, we're going to have clips available. And uh, if they like it, we'll, we'll you know, and, and it works out, we'll, we'll come do the show in your, in your, in your town or municipality. Yeah. Your neck of the woods. Yeah. <clears throat> and it is definitely a show we could do all over. I mean, this is it, you know. this. I, I don't know how we bring the neon sign. Yeah. You know, actually, I forgot to tell Paige this. I, I want to commission Paige to make a customized banner with, with our logo on it. Quilt. Yeah. yeah. Do so, that. so the front of the podcast table is the quilt with the Jacqueline Radio logo. I think Paige could do that. What's Paige's Instagram for her quilt? Uh, the Loft Quilt Co. One of the sponsors of Jackman Radio. Yeah. She's uh, gathering a following. Yeah, she does, she does really good work. Yeah, works Very amazing. Yeah. All out of this place where we do the podcast, too. It's a creative hub. Yeah, it is. It's, it's an incubator of creativity and art. It's a maker space. And, uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of, of, of uh, you know, JFK and conspiracies, or, you know, I want to call them conspiracies, uh, Oliver Stone's back at it again. He's at the Cannes, he was at the Cannes Film Festival this week with his new documentary, uh, JFK Revisited, Through the Looking Glass. And this comes, you know, 30 years after his 1991 film, JFK, with Kevin Costner. And, um, you know, basically he goes into the files that have been released. <coughs> um, the ones that were whitewashed? Yeah, well, exactly. And they talk about the fact that Trump in 2017 was supposed to release all the Kennedy files. And he tweeted about it. At long last, all the JFK files are going to come out. And I'm very excited. And then less than 24 hours later, he... He did not release all of them. Some yeah. of them were released. And this documentary goes into to making connections and, and digging into the files that have been released. And, you know, none of it's going to be like a smoking gun, but a lot of it is stuff that if you put together and you look at and you look at the redactions or what wasn't originally included, and now you can fill in those gaps, um, it, paints a, it paints a clearer picture of the whole thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, of course, Oliver Stone's getting a lot of flack from American press about this. What but it's being received no? very well in Europe and, you know, other parts of the world. I'm surprised they're even doing the film festival over there. Yeah. Well, they... Hey, the French kind of have some balls. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Lloyd. Hey, the French are assholes. Hey, they held, the, they held the line with the Iraq war, and I have to give them they credit. They were right about that. I give that. them credit for yeah, that. Yeah, Remember when true. everyone's like, I want my freedom fries. Yeah, They're not going to be French. The, the hell with France. They're not joining us. It's like, eh, uh, they're actually right about this. Listen back, yeah. They're probably yeah. smarter. No, I was. I gave the French props leading up to the Iraq war, and I was called a traitor. Dude, how about how they have John Bolton out there? Like, he, you were telling me he was on CNN earlier? Or? Yeah, he was on Wait, CNN. Wait, what? Yeah. John Bolton was on CNN um, hammering Trump about uh, the G G January 6th insurrection and uh, just shitting all over him. You know, it's like, dude, you took the job with his administration knowing full well who and what he was. And it was really just, you know, to get a book deal and to promote himself. And John Bolton, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. He's a fucking war hawk. Okay. Yeah. John Bolton is a piece of shit. Yeah, he's maggot. He's lower than maggot shit. Capital shit. And quote me on that. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was on there just trashing the king, talking about Milley, um, General Milley who's uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, I think chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, right? Um, saying that, um, I guess Millie has a book out, um, which is pretty damning, saying he believed the king was capable of a coup, planning a coup, and then Bolton threw some water on that and said, well, Donald Trump's not capable of thinking anything out or planning anything or structuring anything longer than 10 or 15 seconds. So and that harkens back to why I called him Goldfish. He has the um, attention span of a goldfish. And whoever he was in the room with most recently, Ricky, that becomes his policy and how he feels about things. Well, the delivery sure. guy said I shouldn't do that, so yeah. we're not going to do it. And right. it's like a, it's like something that goes back like decades. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the guy that it's brought like a him, coin toss. Guy who brought him lunch said, "Ah, we probably shouldn't go to war with Iran, so we're not going to do it." 
Yeah, that, yeah. That's like most people watch the news, though. Yeah. <laughs> they just like see something like, oh, okay, yeah, this is my point of this view. Is how, this is what I believe. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Bolton was on there trashing. I mean, not, not a surprise. It's what all those people, they're all grifters, man. They're all liars, con artists, warmongers, and garbage. Garbage people. He's just another profiteer cunt. Yeah. That's all John Bolton is, you know, <laughs> yeah. capital K for Compromont. Um, but you, you, you've been talking about him um, with a friend of the podcast, Scott Horton, who you did a uh, episode of The Four Horsemen. Uh, the Four Horsemen is like an offshoot. Uh, it's like a joint Jackman Radio, naturalist, capitalist, um, ANC report. Kind of, uh, would you call it a semi-libertarian? Like, what, what, semi. How, how, how would you describe the natural, <laughs> how would you describe The Four Horsemen? Yeah, the Four Horsemen is a monthly show that I've been doing now with my friend Reed Coverdale, of the Naturalist Capitalists, um, who I met on the Gabbard campaign. New Hampshire native uh, truck driver. He drives all out, you know, in Utah. He talks like a truck driver. Uh, he talk. Reed, you talk like a truck driver. You're a disaster both inside and out. But you're very attractive both inside <laughs> and out, and you you kind of look a little bit like the guy from the show. Parks and Rec. Yeah, he's heard that a million times. But he looks like a. He also looks like a. Uh, a uh, British uh, shoegaze musician. Okay, I could see that. I forget, forget or the a 1920s wrestler he or could, fighter. Yeah, who has pugilist. Who, fighter. Yeah, who has like a fever, but he still fights. Yeah, he's like, no, this is what I look like. Yeah, Reed. Reed's the man. Um, so Reed. So we have three main horsemen. It's myself from Jackman Radio, uh, Reed of the Naturalist Capitalists, and he hosts them on his YouTube channel. And then Ryan Dawson uh, of the ANC Report, who's out in Japan holding it down. Ryan Dawson is an OG of uh, deep state geopolitical research, elite deviance, the war machine, foreign Exposing policy. Exposing the neocons. Yeah, ANC stands for anti-neocon report. That's all you need to know. That's what his show is all about. And uh, yeah, he's controversial to some people, but when you're actually an intelligent person and you've done years and years of your own research and you realize that our media, our mockingbird media in America is nothing more than a um, appendage of the CIA and the intelligence community um, and the Pentagon and Wall Street, uh, you can put that all aside and realize what Ryan Dawson is saying about these uh, people in the war machine in the Pentagon um, and, and Wall Street is, is all actually reality. So when you can deal with that as an adult and not be like a little child um, and, and, and hair on fire, um, you realize there, there's, there's a lot to what he's saying. So Ryan, Reed, and I are the, th we're the three main horsemen, and then we have one guest on who becomes our four, fourth horseman. And you were the first one, Mike. You yes. Were, you were the inaugural fourth horseman. We didn't really know kind of where it was going to go. I mean, I, I was... it was my idea to call it the four <laughs> horsemen. I was said, it? I said, the four of us together, man, we're the four horsemen. It wasn't my idea? Uh, maybe it, it was. It was one of our... <laughs> No, I think it was mine. Okay, it was, it was mine. okay. It was Eric's idea. Yeah, but it, it's just it's been a lot of fun, and we've had some pretty big name people on. Um, we had Pete Quinones from the Man Behind the Wall, who I got to meet him in person at Porkfest um, up there at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire, which was beautiful. My first time going to Porkfest, and then we had um, Dave Smith on, who's uh, you know. Dave is, Dave's been on Joe Rogan a bunch of times. He goes on Kennedy on Fox News. He's, He's one of the Legion of Skanks. Legion of Skanks from Gas Digital Network. Just a funny, funny guy. Talented comedian. Bro smart. Smart. Sharp, sharp dude. Sharp dude. Great spokesman for libertarian ideals. And rumor has it he's running for president in 2024. And um, then we head on Scott Horton. Scott Horton is uh, antiwar.com. Libertarian Institute was a big Ron Paul guy. Just one of one of the experts on foreign policy, one of one of the one of the big experts and great authors and um, just a brilliant guy. So yeah, check out the Four Horsemen. We're doing that every month, and uh, we had a guy named Clint from Liberty Lockdown as our last guest. And um, that most recent episode, I definitely drank way too many beers. Yeah, you, you got a lot of love, I think. In I got a lot of love, but uh, whew, yeah, I was I was blasted. I had I drank way too much, and by the end of it, I couldn't even do a proper Alex Jones or Jesse Ventura impersonation. That's when you know it's bad. Yeah, we've had a couple of shows where we haven't been. We had to scrap. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It, it happens, folks. But yeah, so that's what we've been up to, and you know we're. Uh, very excited for more shows, and we can't wait for the special to come out. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. So. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. It was fun, fun to get back in the studio, and it's a good time. And we'll uh, we'll be bringing more episodes. And um, Mike and I were guests on a pretty big show recently. We won't tell you who, but that'll be out, and we'll be be sure to promote that and talk about that. 
And, uh, yeah, we'll keep at it. We're working on guests in studio, and we'll be sure to bring you a great review of uh, Tim Dillon there, Ricky, after uh, next week like we did back in February. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thanks for tuning in, and you can find us on uh, Jackman Radio on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, jackmanradio.podbean.com. We're on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. Get us subscribe to all of it. Our YouTube channel, Jackman Radio. The more you know, eyes we get on it, the more views and subscriptions. And if you like what we do and you want to support us monetarily. We just ask for five bucks a month on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jackman Radio. A big shout out and a big thanks to all of our patrons we do have. We see that growing and we appreciate your support. So everybody have a great night. Take care of yourself and be well. Peace and love. Peace and love.